0: Now, normally, during my message, I, I I really like it when people pay attention, um, and uh, and don't rustle and uh, and talk and think about other things. But this morning, um, I'm going to make uh, allowances, uh, because although I I have a, a rise and build message, um, I do realise that some people have probably only sort of walked in this morning, looked at our rise and build brochure, and thought oh, that's right, I I might need to fill something out or perhaps pray about what I I should be giving. And so you have a a hall pass just for the next 20 minutes to uh, organise yourself. There are more of these. If you need a brochure, Carmen's got some up up the back, so raise your hand if you need one and she will come and drop one in your lap. Um, We haven't got that long, so perhaps if you don't read at all... um, unless you're a quick reader. Um, But the commitment cards at the bottom are the important part. Um, There is no compulsion to give today. If you still want to think about it, take it home, pray about it. If you're unsure of any of the details, feel free to come and ask uh, Vicky or me after the service uh, and we'll happily explain things. That's not something that has to be done today, but today is our launch. Today is where we fire off for the next 12 months to actually do something which is going to change our future and that's what this is actually about it's actually about setting a goal and trying to achieve something which is actually going to take ground not today but in our future Uh, we already have in our building fund in the region of three hundred thousand dollars which for a For an individual, you know, who who would like $300,000 in their bank account? Yes. But when it comes to purchasing a church building, it's a nice deposit. It's possibly even just a nice buffer for for legal fees. There's all sorts of costs that come into this. And so we we need to make sure that we actually are prepared for any eventuality. This year, I'm believing that we can actually hit $350,000. So I'm believing that uh, w- we're going to bring together, throughout the next 12 months, $50,000. Do you know that if for 50 people, that's only $1,000 each? And if you don't think there are enough people, go and get some more. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, there's, it's, if money's involved, it's never a problem. There's always a solution to money-based problems. Things like disease, money can sometimes help fix those, but often immediately it's it's a problem that money can't fix. They're the serious problems in life. So this is easy. So wh- while I'm talking, if you need to work that sort of thing out, try and pray quietly if you're praying as a couple or whatever because I, I don't want to be too distracted. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too much groaning, groaning in um <laughs> And at the end of the service... Uh, Vicky and I actually, we've got a a basket here which we're going to use to uh, take up the the Rise and Build offering and we're going to ask you uh, all to stand and to come out one by one. Vicky and I are actually going to pray for you as you put your offering in the basket. And uh, when we've finished, are we having morning tea or are we going straight into lunch? We're going straight into lunch. So there is a lunch and I have been told there is some really delicious stuff. Who likes soup? There are three... Soups to choose from, yeah, um, and I'm not allowed to tell you what they are, you would have to discover that, and uh, there won't be any cocktail frankfurts despite my repeated requests, um, something to do with health, I, I, I don't understand it, but anyway, enough about giving, what about having? My question to you this morning is what have you asked for? obviously nothing because we we go through life especially when it comes to things like a a rise and build campaign and we think what's in it for me why should i give my money to do something that i may not see the the actual fruits of i mean there's there's no end i mean buying a building isn't the end I mean, it might just be the first of many. It might just be the first part of a huge complex. We may never see the end of what Rise and Build produces in our church. But there's got to be something in it for us. But have we asked for it? And have we asked for the right thing? I want us to turn to 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 2. And we're talking about here a king of Israel... And his name is Solomon. Who's ever heard of Solomon? Most people have heard of Solomon. Solomon was the son of King David. And if you read through 1 Kings, you'll discover that King David got a vision to build a temple for God. But God also told him, it's a building fund, if you like. But God also told him he wasn't allowed to build the temple. How frustrating would that be? But he was told that his son Solomon would be the one to build the temple. And we start the story here at a time that David has just died, Solomon has become king. And it says at that time the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship for a temple honouring the name of the Lord, pardon me whatever breakfast cereal (coughs) that was, it was a good one perhaps Cocoa Pops would have been wiser (coughs) Excuse me. for a temple honouring the name of the Lord had not yet been built Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David except that Solomon too offered sacrifices and burnt incense, incense at the local places of worship the most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon so the king went there and sacrificed 1,000 burnt offerings that's a lot of burnt offerings That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, What do you want? Now, Solomon's response is interesting. Solomon replied, You showed faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father David. But I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way round. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous that they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to gobble, govern, gobble? govern this great people of yours? New word. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, Because you've asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies. I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. And Solomon woke up, realized that it had been a dream, he returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings and then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. I like that last bit. So, the question is, what do we know Solomon for? If you mention the word Solomon, what do you think? Wisdom. What else? Another word. Word. Wealth. So we know him for two things, his wisdom and his wealth. What did he ask for? Wisdom. So why did he get wealth as well as wisdom? Well, strangely enough, it's because his job required it. God didn't just give it to him because he said, well, that was great asking for wisdom. How about heaps of riches and stuff as well so that you can, you can be a playboy and sail the Mediterranean in a big yacht? It didn't happen. He desired the wisdom to rule his people well. He also had a vision passed on from his father David to build a temple for God so that the Ark of the Covenant could reside in Jerusalem. It was a large and expensive vision. The interesting thing is that as as news of Solomon's wisdom spread, it not only changed the nation of Israel, it changed the countries around it. People heard about Solomon's wisdom. They didn't hear about his wealth because he wasn't wealthy yet. But they heard about his wisdom and they came to visit and they asked for wisdom and he gave it to them. This is not just within Israel. This is foreign kings. The countries around Israel prospered because of Solomon's wisdom. And guess what? These people paid for it. That's an... Solomon had peace in his lifetime and he also had great building programs. There was prosperity in the country. And I mean, 1 Kings 10.14 tells us how much income he used to get a year. Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. That's a lot of gold. Now, he didn't actually turn that into banknotes, put it on his bed and swim in it. He didn't actually do things that... I mean, you, you can't spend 25 tons of gold just on luxuries. He used it to run the kingdom and to run it wisely. He actually required that for his office. Not all of us are called to be wealthy to that degree because thankfully not all of us are called to be kings or statesmen. Let, let's take a more modern example. Who's heard of Bill Gates? Bill Gates. I don't know whether Bill Gates asked God for anything or not. But we know what he's famous for. What's he famous for? Microsoft. Whether we like it or not, that's what he's famous for. What, what else is he famous for? Wealth. But we know that neither Solomon nor Bill Gates got into the businesses or, uh, of what they were doing for the wealth. I mean, Bill Gates was a geek, probably still is a geek. And he was just, <laughs> he is, he is. <laughs> Sounds like something out of in Tights*. <laughs> he does, he does. <laughs> Never mind, in joke. Um, you see, Bill Gates was passionate about changing the way people interacted with computers. And he, he, he happened. To, in fact, if you read, there's a, a book called *Outliers* by a, gu- a guy whose name I've forgotten. Um, Did somebody say? Was it? Gladwell, that's it. Yes, very good. Um, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, talks about how some of the uh, people in our society have got to places of prominence. And to cut a long story short, you should read the book. It's very interesting. But basically, Bill Gates was in the right place at the right time. Um, And he just happened to be the right person for the job. I mean, he got things like he and one other person uh, actually, got time on a computer that their school had leased uh, hours on, because they were the only two who knew about it, and uh, they got to spend all their spare time playing on this computer, doing things which these days we would regard as part of normal life. Um, but that he, w- those two people were the only two in their sort of generation, almost, who had unlimited access to a powerful computer in those days. Uh, we wouldn't have powered one of our phones these days, but. Um, And and he had this this passion, driving passion to do something and uh, along the way he accumulated great wealth. And he's retired and guess what his job is today? Getting rid of great wealth. He formed the Gates Foundation and as of the 14th, 24th of December 2014, guess how much the Gates Foundation was worth? $42.3 billion dollars. Guess how much Bill Gates put into that? $28 billion. That is a lot of money. But the thing is, that if you can give away $28 billion, you're obviously not in it for the money. And I I know what you're thinking. You're saying, yeah, it's easy for them. They had lots of money. It's easy to give away $21, $28 billion if you've, if you've got lots of money because, you know, you don't miss it. But the thing is, that's not where they came from. That's not where they started. Their wealth was actually a side effect of their vision and their purpose. What have you asked God for? Because Rise and Build is about vision and purpose. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's only a small fraction of how we build the kingdom of God. But it's an important part of what we do. We've got to have a vision for the future and we've got to fund that vision. Solomon built the temple and th- th- this wasn't, this wasn't a, a, a small hut. Is this starting to bother people as much as me? No. Sorry, my wife tells me that I shouldn't make, draw attention to things that annoy me because sometimes people don't notice them. Um, <laughs> Now I've spoiled that because now everybody notices because I've mentioned it. Where was I? Uh, Small huts, yes. The the temple was an incredibly lavish and huge building. I mean, they got cedars from Lebanon, they got gold from um, that place where the Queen of Sheba lived. Um, I can't... No, it wasn't Sheba, it was, yeah. (laughs) Ophir, that was the name of the place. Um, The legendary city of Ophir, they've never found it. Um, It's one of those archaeological mysteries. But it required a huge amount of resources, which Solomon amassed because of what he'd asked God for. He'd asked God for the wisdom to rule his country. Sometimes, who here has a country to rule? Yeah. A small, a, sm- a small fiefdom, yeah. <laughs> and, and how are the... Su- no, let's, let's not get into that. Most of us aren't like Solomon or Bill Gates. We don't have worldwide empires. We don't have huge amounts of resources. But we do have a purpose. We do have a vision, hopefully. And the great thing is that if we ask God to be a part of that vision, if, we, if, we've, if, if we're honest enough so that, can you imagine how sneaky it was of God to come to Solomon in his sleep? Because you can't make clever arguments in your sleep, you're asleep. So when God talks to you in your sleep, you, you tell the truth. And some of us like, say, like to believe that when God visits them in their sleep, they'd say, Ah, oh, yes Lord, I'd like to get all this money so I can donate it to the poor. And you sort of think, Phew, that, that's because that, that would be really good. But deep down we're thinking, I want money so I can buy a car. Or a house. When when you when you're asleep, God says, "What do you want?" And you say, oh, "I want a house." And then you feel guilty because oh, that wasn't the right. I should have said wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever had those thoughts, or is just you sort of think, if God caught me unawares, what would I really say? And the thing is that it doesn't actually matter because God doesn't actually catch you unawares because He knows what you're thinking. <laughs> and He knows what. You desire for your life and God is actually into what we desire as long as it's not ungodly. We need to actually show God that we're passionate about what it is in our life. If we're passionate about people, that's an easy thing to ask God, you know, make my passion for people something that enables me to connect people with you. Now, it's harder if your passion in life is... Computers. How how does sitting at a computer help you connect with God's people? Well, you're going to have to work that out with God because Bill Gates connected with the world by being a geek with a computer. And he's now helping uh, poverty-stricken countries with a, with a, a foundation that has more profit than their gross national product. And he might not have started off wanting to help people, but because of his vision... He's suddenly one of the most capable people in the world to do that because of it. And he asked, I don't know whether he asked, but we can ask. Whatever your passion is, God can show you how to use it to help build the kingdom. Rise and build is part of that passion because if you're passionate about your future and the future of this church, and you're passionate about giving to it, guess what? God will say because... I'm going to honour what you've asked for, I'll also give you these things to help you do what you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about giving, guess what? God will say, well, I'm going to help that passion. If you're prepared to sacrifice something, I'm prepared to come alongside. Now that doesn't mean that you, you max out your credit card and say, okay, God, pay it off. <laughs> it's a question of prayerful thought and, and the reality of, if you, your th- if you, in your sleep, God says, so how much do you want to give? And you're thinking, really, really?" when I'm asleep, I want to say $100 a week. But he catches you in your sleep and you say, 10 bucks." <laughs> Damn, that wasn't what I wanted to say. It doesn't look good at all. God caught me out. by What's in your heart, if you give that, that's more important than pretending that you really wanted to give $100 a week. And you do it, but afterwards you think, that, that was, I, I didn't enjoy that. I don't want to do that again. And you lose the passion for what you're doing. Go with what's in your heart. This isn't, this isn't a, a fund raising campaign that is trying to squeeze every last cent out of the people who contribute. Our motto, if you read it, is not equal giving but equal sacrifice. It's about actually making our lives a little bit uncomfortable to bring something great to pass. And we need to be honest with ourselves about what degree of uncomfortableness we are at with our faith right now. And if it's $10 a week, then honour that. God is not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed of what you can give. What God loves is that we actually stand up and give it. Because unity is what drives this. Everybody in the land of Israel was behind Solomon building the temple. There were work gangs of enormous size that came together to actually help build it because they could see the vision, they could see the plan and the purpose. They wanted somewhere where the the glory of God would be absolutely unmistakable in their midst. And that's what they did. And the, the temple... Of the Lord was an amazing building. You know why it's not there anymore? Solomon reneged on his promise. He stopped following God. He let his wisdom not apply to him. Who knows that it's really wise to be other, easy to be wise in other people's lives? <laughs> Most people need a bit of my wisdom in their life, I've discovered but the person who needs it most is me. And it's really hard to apply wisdom to your own life, especially because God will often use other people to deliver it. And what do they know? (laughs) Of course, none of you have ever thought like this. This is all hypothetical, of course. But we need to recognise that God loves faithfulness. Faith pleases God. Very little else does. In fact, the Bible tells us that only faith pleases God. So, rise and build is a faith exercise. Do we believe that God has our futures in his hand? Do we believe that his plan for our future is good? I don't. I believe it's great, fabulous. Good is just not a good enough word. We need awesomeness. We need praise giving and thanks. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't resist. (laughs) You need to start asking God to stir up your gifts. We need to develop a passion for God's church. We need to develop a passion to see the lost saved and to see disciples raised up. And see Rise and Build is part of that passion. You have a choice this morning, to be involved or not to be involved. Actually, they're not the only two choices. You have the third choice, which is to be involved a bit later, which you can also do. But I believe that God loves action, even if you're not sure. Because you can change what you do later. This is, these are things that are not set in stone. If, if, you, if you've got an inspiration that you need to do something, you need to put something down, you need to put it in the basket this morning, and later you think, well, that was a mistake, then it's correctable. But sometimes I think God asks us to move with our hearts so our head doesn't get in the way. Now, if I see, you know, I I know a lot of people here, and I do get to see the amounts pledged. Um, I don't share that information uh, with anybody else except the person who does our accounts. Um, And I am there to help people give whatever they decide to give. I'm not there to say, well, I don't think you've given enough. Sometimes I will come to people and say, I think you've given too much. If I know your economic situation and I think that what you've pledged is possibly stretching it, unless there's something you haven't told me, uh, I believe in economic um, intelligence <laughs> uh, and I may ask you you know, what your um, thinking is behind that or whether there's some lottery winnings I don't know about um, and if there are some they actually have to be in the past not in the future. Um, I think there's a whole message on that um, but it, it's, it's it's something important for us as individuals to get an understanding of, of what our giving can do in the kingdom, what our giving can do for the church um, because it is amazing um, I wanted to get Anne up here again, but she was a bit shy. She's happy to get up, because you know how Anne had a great testimony last week? There's more. Give her a hand as she comes up, come on. Thank
1: you. Um, Yes, last week, if you remember, I said, during what I was speaking about, I said that uh, pretty much every year, it's about the 7th or 14th of July, before I can pay off my surprise and build, Um, which annoys me every time, by the way, but it's just the way it works. Um, And I actually still owed $550 up to last week. Um, This week, (laughs) it's really, really weird because I wasn't expecting it at all, but um, I had a fairly big bill come in and when I get big bills, you know, the week when it's the big bills, it's not very good. And um, and, and I really was certain that I hadn't paid this bill. But I actually had paid the bill. <laughs> so I was able... God. <laughs> I was able to pay off almost all of my rise and build already. And um, the other thing, too, is that I spoke about the fact that someone offered me a job. Even though I'm employed, fully employed, um, someone offered me a job. And that person rang me last night twice to ask if... I could speak to them and I couldn't because I was at a 21st party. So I'm speaking to that person this afternoon. So I'd really appreciate all your prayers because I really want the job. So we'll see how it goes. So, Ooh. yeah, so pretty awesome.
0: Excellent. Um, is it your 21st? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I'm practicing, don't you worry. Okay, so uh, uh, can I, I get the musicians up here? Um, up there, yes. No, we, we'll get the musicians. You c- you can have a bit of time afterwards. Okay, just, uh, yeah, just the musos for the moment. And can I get uh, Vicky to come up here with me? Now, just a a bit more explanation before we do this Uh, you will notice that the the tear off section has two parts Uh, they're not perforated sorry about that you'll have to fold them and tear them yourself one part is to put in the uh, the offering basket which is the part labeled commitment card and the other part which is labeled remembrance card is to be filled out exactly the same way as you filled out the commitment card but it's for you to take home and put on your fridge to remind you that A, you're involved in Rise and Build and B, to remind you how much that you're putting in each week if you're doing it weekly or fortnightly or or what you've pledged so that you can actually keep it in your prayers as well. So don't put both of them in the basket. Uh, One's for our records, one's for yours. So make sure, put in the commitment card and keep the remembrance card if you're doing that. Okay? So can I get everybody to stand up? Can you grab the basket? um what we'll do is we'll get the people in the front rows uh to, to come forward we, we, we're going to get them to walk between us we're going to pray for each of you as you come forward uh, and then come back to your seats as we get further down if people could come down this side perhaps and then go back up that way so that there's not too much cross-contamination in the middle um, uh, and please don't stop for a chat either because that'll, that'll confuse things um, But we're going to ask you to put your pledge uh, or your offering, if if you've already already got an offering, in that basket. We're going to pray for you guys and pray a blessing on you as you come. So if you're doing that, can get... Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We know that you are Lord of the harvest. And we thank you that these seeds that we plant today in Rise and Build are going to bring a great harvest in your house. We thank you for the sacrifice of every single person here. We thank you, Lord, that we will see great testimonies throughout the year as people's giving brings fruit into their life. But above all, Lord, we look with anticipation to our future, believing, hoping, and having faith for the absolutely incredible things you are going to do in the life of this church because this is a church of faith, A church of generosity. A church who believes in the provision of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey. Before we, I think we might sing that song again because I didn't get to sing any of the words because I had the microphone on. Uh, But but when we finish, don't forget that you've got till 10 to 12 to to pick up your children from C3 Kids. Uh, Don't forget to see somebody about Connect Groups. And after the service, there won't be any morning tea, but there will be lunch. And uh, despite the lack of cocktail frankfurt's, it will be a good lunch. Um, so get excited about that. But, uh, and if you need prayer, uh, after the end of this song, Mason and Carmel will be up here for about ten, 10 minutes or so, and they would love you to come, and uh, they will pray with you if you need anything. Let's sing.